Hi, this is PK Subban. You're listening to Center Ice on TSN 690. sad morning. It's the morning after the night before and the Habs are no longer in the playoffs. Eliminated officially. Isn't it interesting how everyone eliminated started with a C? Calgary, Colorado, Chicago, Canadians. I think there's a conspiracy. Another C. Another C. Boom. Although, the Oilers knocked off someone whose name does not start with a C. So my point is moot. (laughs) Let's start this over. (laughs) Good morning. It's the morning after the Habs were eliminated. And this is a special get it off your chest edition of Center Ice on TSN 690. I'm Robin Flynn. That's John Still on the board. How you feeling today, bud? I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I don't know. I'm just... uh... I saw it coming. Yeah, I wasn't. In, I wasn't entirely optimistic. Also, I uh, got some grief yesterday because on uh, the played against sports show on Saturday mornings, I said that the Habs would lose in seven games to the Rangers, and uh, that was met with some uh, let's say disapproval. Yeah, and uh, well, I was one game off. Yeah, but you were right and you were wrong. After a while, uh, Deno, Plakanich, and uh, Flynn down the middle. Ugh. It's only a matter of time. What a weird decision-making process that must have went into that lineup for Game 6. I was really, really surprised to see Brian Flynn back in the lineup. As was I. And, you know, was it too little too late to put McCarron in? Why was the fourth line getting so much ice time when they were down a goal in the third period? Why was the fourth line... uh, Why was Tori Mitchell removed from the fourth line uh, when you're playing a speed series with the Rangers and you have Dwight King and Michael McCarron on the fourth? To me, you have to switch those guys out for one another. There is going to be so much. Dwight King's won two Stanley Cups, though, don't you know? It does not matter. Oh, apparently it does with coaches. I know, They'll take that experience, that Stanley Cup championship, over anything else. Over skill, over... I, I, Charles Houdon should have been part of the Habs lineup. I mean, we've been beating that drum for... Ever. Way too long. Arturi Lekanen was one of the best competitors competitors in this series. I think he was, other than Alexander Radulov, I thought he was the best Canadian in this series. Yeah, that's completely fair. Yeah. Uh, so here's how it sounded last night. Stepan goes behind the net, and here's Radulov to the front. Yemelin from the circles, scores! Alexi Yemelin! You knew it would be him, right? It's 1-0 Montreal. Here is Zuccarello. He has a goal in this series and has the puck in the corner. Up top, McDonough over Zibanejad. Over for Zuccarello. Scores! He beat Price 5-hole, and we are tied at 1. The Rangers, first power play goal of the series. Miller being grabbed there by Davidson. He got loose. Hayes out front. Zuccarello scores. Shea Weber down to Galchenyuk. they got to throw something to the front of the net. Galchenyuk does well to get it. To Lekin, and he fires it, and it's blocked, and it's cleared with 20 seconds left, and that's headed for an empty net, and it's in. And the Rangers are going to win it after the game three win. It looked good for the Canadians, but they've lost three in a row, and they just couldn't hang on tonight. The Rangers are moving on three to one. New York wins the game. That's what makes this thing so much, I guess, because there's never any doubt in our minds that we would win this series. And um, at the same time, you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, often I'm up here answering questions about why we lost a game by one goal or, or uh, you know, uh, why we won a game by one goal. 
but that's just how tight uh, this sport is right now and, and how tight the playoffs are and and the way this game is uh, being managed now. I mean, um, every game is so close. Max Pacioretty, the voice there. You heard the call with Dan Robertson and Sergio Mameso right here on TSN 690, your home of the Habs. Uh, Max Pacioretty taking a lot of heat this weekend. You know who has more points than Max Pacioretty in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Name anyone, basically. Pecorine has more points than Max Pacioretty in the playoffs. I knew there was a goalie who had several <laughs> points. Two. Pecorine has two points, points. in four go. games. How many points did Max Pacioretty have against the Rangers? That would be uh, a solid uno. Womp, womp. Wow. I wish I had a sound effect yeah. like womp, that for womp, now. Womp, womp. But, oh boy. I mean, it's not fair to put all of the burden on Max Pacioretty. I think a lot of people were really upset that he wasn't contributing, that he wasn't scoring. But nobody else was either. Right. Yeah, exactly. Except so, for Arturi Lekkinen and Alexander Radulov. Yes, those were your two. And Alexei Yemelin. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so funny watching the game with a bunch of people last night. It was the goal was scored, and then everyone was like, "Wait, who is that? Yemelin?" Okay. I, I, I wasn't even watching, and I just turned, and they were they were focused on Yemelin's face, and I thought, "Did he just hit someone like really hard?" And that's why <laughs> was he screaming. But no, he put it top shelf uh, on a screen. Lung fist uh, was a nice goal, but there you go. There's your problem when the only goal scorer for your team is Alexi Yemelin. You're not going to win many hockey games. You're not going to win the hockey game at all. You're not going to win the Stanley Cup. And I think that a, a, a lot of the vitriol that I'm hearing from Habs Nation is based in non-reality. Yes. Well, I, I saw there was a bunch of people that called into the post-game show last night saying that it was time to trade Carey Price. Time to trade Carey Price while his stock is the highest. Because mm-hmm. I've been saying it for years. Carey Price is no better than a Jose Theodore, far from a Patrick Roy. The guy can't win in the playoffs. This is what needs to happen, okay? It's time to shop Carey Price. And what you've got to keep in mind is get like a two-team deal where the Canadians get a three-for-one in areas that they need help. Trade Carey Price. My gosh, when the Habs lose and are eliminated. I think you started that. Well, that was my friend. Remember, he had sent me the email yeah, with exactly. an actual logical explanation for why trading Carey Price made sense. Do I agree with it? Maybe not. However, if I started that, I apologize. Now, I know this is going to sound crazy because I am a huge Carey, fi- Carey Price fan. He is better than Jose Theodore, by the way. Okay, let's just okay. like, who was that? Caller Tony. Let's, let's just say I'm never going to be allowed to work the post game ever because if I ever heard people saying things like that, there would be an immediate hit on the fader. That says that I would dump talking. it. To me, that's worse yeah. than dropping the f bomb I mean, on the air. I mean, it just makes no. It's it's nonsensical. The 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 way that you construct your argument. I understand actually to some degree why you have to start really looking at the fact that maybe you have to trade Carey Price. You have it's the position that you probably have the most depth in in the organization. Michael McNiven, Charlie Lindgren, even to the lesser extent Zach Fucali. Mm. You don't have that kind of depth anywhere else in the forward or defense group. Yeah, and you need to get somebody who can score. That is this team's biggest problem. And that is why I think a lot of the onus on this series loss is on Marc Bergevin, because he had the opportunity to make this team better up front, and he didn't do that. And Claude Julien. As much as Claude Julien gets a pass because he did come in two-thirds of the way through the season, Mm -hmm. he made a lot of questionable decisions, especially going into the game yesterday, Yeah, that I thought, uh, looking at it, I did not see it setting up for success. I don't I it's the fourth line getting that much ice time that really made no sense to me. That was 
I mean, I understand that, you know, Max Pacioretty wasn't having a good series. Maybe you don't, but that's your, your best chance is to put out your offensive guys, not to have your fourth line out there. You score one goal, make it one nothing, and then you're just going to go into the shell and hope that Carey Price can pitch a shutout and you're going to win a series that way. You're going to force a game seven that way. And then on top of that, Alex Galchenyuk has been jerked around by this organization the entire season, whether by Michel Terry or Claude Julien. And then with two minutes left, he's put out there for, he's put out there for three offensive zone faceoffs. When he his faceoff acumen has basically been um, crapped on, yeah, all his, year. his confidence has been destroyed this exactly. year. He's been told from day one since he came in here that he's not a number one center, that he's terrible at the dot, that he can't do it. And then with the season on the line, let's throw him in there, set him up to fail. I mean, it's just it, it to me. It just it screamed of. Um, not being set up for success, not building to this point. You can't just go and turn on a dime and expect this kid to basically bail you guys out when you the entire organization has basically failed him since he's been drafted, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I don't understand how you can turn a player into a number one center by constantly putting him at the wing, right? Like, you're not going to turn a goalie into a good goaltender by making him play defense. And only that in Montreal. Maybe in, like, Colorado or somewhere where that is I don't is understand just... why you would make anyone do a job that's not their job to teach them how to do their job. That makes no sense to me. Bring in, in a face-off yeah, specialist. It never made sense. Bring well, in Manny Malhotra. <laughs> I don't know, but you, you work with him to get better at the position. You get him to practice at that position. Last season when the Habs were terrible, that's when you got to get him to develop, you know? But I, I, at this point, I want all the good Habs players to get out. And not because I, I think they'll make the team better, not because I want to watch the world burn, because the players that I like, I want to see them succeed. And they're not going to succeed with this franchise. This franchise is putrid. Mark Bergevin does not belong here. He needs to get out. He had his chance. He hired a coach. He fired him a year and a half too late. It's over. MB is out. We got to start over. Jeff Molson, if you're listening, you got to start over from the ground up because this is your window and it's about to close. Now, I will disagree with that. To, uh, for for my extent, I think that you have to have at the end of next year. If this team is still doing the same thing, Mark Bergevin needs to go, obviously. But you have a brand new coach. You have Claude Julien. He was only here for a third of the year, so I'm willing to grant you that thing that that time. But I think that it's kind of the end of the road for both Nathan Bollier and Alex Galchenyuk. You here think Nathan Bollier played Montreal. his last game as a hab? I think so. I mean, he's a former first round pick. He was left aside for Brandon Davidson, who was acquired at the trade deadline. Um, He doesn't seem to be in Claude Julien's plans at all. Um, He doesn't seem to really bring that mentality game in and game out where he can succeed every game. And it's a shame because he had so much potential going into his career. Yeah, this season, though, it seemed like at least once a game, he made one really bad mistake, really bad turnover. Right after he'd make a great play. Yeah. It, it made no sense. But nobody's going to remember that, no, right? That's absolutely what, People still with P.K. Subban talk about how often he turns the puck over and that how Colorado risky he is. Or, oh my gosh, but yeah. if you actually look at the numbers, his risk versus reward ratio is one of the highest in the league. And so, he's still in the playoffs. But you always remember those mistakes. And yes, he is still in the playoffs. He is still in the playoffs. He's carrying a broom into the second round. This is Center Ice <laughs> on TSN 690. That's John Still. I'm Robin Flynn. Get it off your chest. 514-790-1690. You can text us at 11690. And we'll get through this together, guys. Coming up, we'll hear what the New York Rangers had to say after their Game 6 win. They're headed to the second round. You're listening to Center Ice on TSN 690. Hi, this is Carrie Price. You're listening to Center Ice on TSN 690. Thanks so much, Carrie Price. And don't feel bad. I don't think that you should be traded. I would like to see you get traded to Nashville.
and win a Stanley Cup with P.K. Subban because I like to watch the world burn. Robin Flynn has now been traded to the Nashville Predators Media Network. Yeah. Courtesy of TSN 690. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is Center Ace on TSN 690. I'm Robin Flynn. That's John Still. Get it off your chest. That's the addition. That's the theme today for Center Ice. You can give us a call, 514-790-1690, or you can text us at 11690. And some people are already waiting on the line. Let's head out to Michael in Cote Neige. How you doing today, Michael? Uh, well, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Another uh, another springtime with uh, no Stanley Cups. I <laughs> know. It's 25 years, but, uh, well, so be it. What do you think uh, went wrong, man? Uh, well, I mean, you know, clearly uh, our players that, were supposed to show up, didn't show up, and uh, there's there's not a correlation between the playoffs and the regular season. Playoffs is a whole different beast. So I wanted to make a comment on, um, uh, although I respect your opinion, Robin, and obviously we know we're all entitled to our opinions, I, I really don't agree with you when it comes to Bergevin, and okay. I want to tell you why. And, and believe me, I've... I've I might not sound like it, but I'm 60 years old, so it doesn't make me any smarter. You don't sound a day over 30, Michael. Well, but I, the only thing it, it brings me is that I have, you know, perspective, that's all. I'm <laughs> not, not smart. And my, my point here is I'm the first one <clears throat> at the end of the season to dump on management and the coach, and it's, you know, it's, it's their fault, and they got to, you know, get better players. I'm really, whether it was Ganey or Gauthier or, or, or Bergevin, uh, really was never in their camp. Except for this year. This year, it, it's not on Bergevin. I mean, look, he, he identified what was wrong with the team. We needed scoring. He, got, he went out and tried to get Radulov. We needed size and grit, so we got these, you know, uh, Shaw and Davidson and then King, some of these guys. In, you know, in, in the uh, Subban was a cancer, apparently, so bang, it got rid of him. Uh, he identified that the, the season was going down the tubes and there was some dissension with the coach got rid of the coach, who was supposed to be his foxhole partner. So, you know, he, he, he did what he had to do. This one's on the players. This, this one is on the players. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes people peak at 23, right? Just because a player is young doesn't mean they're going to necessarily get better. Sometimes, who knows, maybe with Galchenyuk, this is as good as it gets. With Bolia, this is as good as it gets. You never know. So uh, this was on the players. And uh, in terms of blowing up the team, yeah, I, I, you know, trading carry price is crazy. Although I will leave you with this one last thing to to to, to think of. <clears throat> okay, you can't blow up the team because we do have some good players, but we're not amongst the elite of the team uh, of the league, and we're not amongst the worst of the league. We're stuck in that middle, and if we don't do something drastic, we could be in that middle for ten years. You know. Thanks so much for the call, Michael. I agree with you. When they traded P.K. Subban, I told all my friends who stuck with the Habs that, you know, get used to being the perennial middle team, the ones that are on the playoff bubble. And even when they finish at the top of the division, they're still a middle team. They're not as good as their record suggested this season. They're as good as Carey Price is. Uh, We'll head out now to Ottawa. Love the city of Ottawa. Larry, how's the weather out there? Is it as nice as it it is in Montreal today? Yeah, it's 14 and sunny, and I'm off to play golf, but I, I heard you guys, so I wanted to call in. Yeah, you going um, golfing uh, with the Canadians? What's that? You going golfing with the Habs? Shots fired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I was in the building in 79 when they won the Cup. I'm 56 years old. I've watched a lot of hockey, and I said it when they lost to the Rangers the last time in 2014, that Max Pacioretty is not a character guy, and I don't want to talk about his lack of offense this series. I want to talk about his lack of defense. That game where they lost two to one in in New York, uh, the two two game uh, that's tied the series two two. That was on Max Pacioretty. He 
he did a flyby on McDonough at the blue line. A cardinal sin in the playoffs. I mean, you're talking about little things that make a difference. This guy did a flyby in a critical game that resulted in a 2-1 to winning goal. He did the same thing in Montreal, let, let Zabanajad fly right by him without even instructing him the least little bit. If you watch the, if you watch the replay, Zabanajad's behind Pacioretty as they go across the blue line. He's, he's eight stro- strides ahead of him when he scores the goal. I mean, unacceptable for a captain and a leader. Okay, that's the first point I want to make. What's the next, second, Larry? Eh? What's next? What's point number two? Just, just, just point number two is the future of this team. If you look at the, the prospects in this organization, they have nothing. They have no forwards. They have very little defense. There's only one way to get to the top in the NHL these days, and that's through the bottom. And I agree with Tony Marinaro 100%. If this team doesn't, doesn't go to the bottom for two or three years and, and, and get some you know, number one, number two draft picks, the only way that they're going to make the playoffs and be a respectable team in two or three or four years is to trade Gary Price, and they better get some some support, uh, two or three players that can play on the team because they have no other prospects for being a, a reasonable team down the road. They have nothing on the farm, and, and they're going to lose some players. I mean, uh, Placanitz is gone, uh, uh, Emelin, Markov is gone. Uh, you look at uh, um, you know two or three other players. Uh, Radulov may not resign. I mean, this this could be a very very sad situation in a year from now. And they've got, to, they've got to look at the only way to, to get better, I think, and to get some, some first-line talent is, is, to get, is to trade Carey Price. And I don't like Max Pacioretty. I never have, so I'll end like that. All right. Thanks so much for the call, Larry. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if they traded Carey Price? You thought it was crazy when P.K. Subban was shipped out of town. I oh, feel like boy. the city might actually implode if that happened, depending Prepare on what the return was. several though. more footlockers broken into and several more left-footed shoes stolen. <laughs> I remember that. That was the best. That was the best. That was the year they won. They won and they broke into a footlocker and stole a bunch of left-footed shoes. But I do agree with what Larry had to say about Max Pacioretty. Mm. Uh, All this talk about speaking... all his shooting percentage, all that stuff. That's all from the perimeter. Yeah. He didn't have a whole lot of quality. Perimeter guy. That's been his criticism not, not, his whole not career, right? Not a perimeter right? guy, just perimeter shots. I just don't understand yeah. what the what the mindset is from shooting from the hash marks with no one driving the net. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But well, anyways. Don just texted in. He thinks Larry is right on. Uh, Vasilio says, hey, Robin, what a mountain of positivity you are this morning. Any more <laughs> of this and I should probably find the nearest bridge. Don't do that, Vasilios. It gets better. The Habs will be back <laughs> next season. You've got the expansion draft coming up. That's going to be a lot of fun. There's still a lot of cool stuff to look forward to, and there's still great hockey to be played. I mean, you know, life's worth living, my friend. Uh, let's go back to the phones. we got Mike out in British Columbia, beautiful BC. What's up, Mike? Oh, not much. That's How you feeling? I'm doing good. Yeah, doing good. You're not a Canucks fan, are you? I don't believe no, you, Mike. You don't sound fan. like you're doing I, I good. I grew, grew up with the Habs. I'm not a Canucks fan at all because uh, I'm a hockey fan. So, but the Montreal Canadiens are really starting to resemble the Canucks. Ooh. Why do you think uh, that is? Why do I think it is? Yeah. I don't I think the the organization is settling for mediocrity. I really do. The the building's full. The the fan base is there. Uh there doesn't seem to be any desire at all from upper management. I'm sorry. I I've, I've been watching this team all my life. Uh, there's no there's no tenacity in the play of, the, of this of this club. A couple players, yes, but the rest of them, not so much. Do you think it would make a difference if fans stopped going? I know that would never happen in this city. It's a Habs town. But do you think if there started to be empty seats, that it would make a difference, that it would force management to do something? I don't know. 
I don't know. It, it, you get, like right now, your last caller hit the nail right on the head, and it's really a lot of my thoughts are right there as well. You know, the problem with Carey Price is he is so good, and I think for, well, the last three, four years now, the team just banks on him. They rely on him. They go out, they get that one goal, and then they sit back and think they're going to win with that one goal. And this guy does not catch a break in goal because he hardly gets any goal support. That has to change. And Max Pacioretty, to me, he got benched in the Olympics by Tortorella because for the U.S. team because he, he just he's not in the game. He's not a two-way player. He's a floater. And, and you call him a parameter guy, that's perfect. That's what he is. But they've got a lot of parameter guys. So, I mean, I think you do have to move price. If, you, if you're going to get some picks, going to get some young talent and some value, maybe that's the best thing for Kerry. Maybe it's the best thing for Montreal. I don't know. Thanks so much for the call, Mike. Enjoy your morning out in beautiful British Columbia. This is feeling kind of depressing. Maybe somebody can call in expect, with a silver did lining. You expect, what silver? What's the silver lining? I don't know. There isn't one. That's what I mean. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, if anyone wants to call in with one, that's great. But this was a win now team. Yeah. This was win now yeah. and no centerman. No. And for the first time in a very long time, the Montreal Canadiens are set on the wing position. Yeah. And they have no centerman. No. So now is the time. I'm sorry. Uh, as much as people want to talk about Carey Price and Max Pacioretty, people start going to looking at. Alex Galchenyuk, Nathan Bollier, first rounder. You got to start sending some assets out to try and get anyone to play center on this team because if not, th- this is going to happen year after year. We're going to be here next year doing the same thing over and over again. And for 20 years, they've been looking for a number one center. And for 25 years, they haven't won the Stanley Cup. There is a coincidence there. Well, this isn't PlayStation. You know, it's really hard to make deals in the real life NHL. John. Of course. Come on. Of course. I'm paraphrasing here, but that would be Mark Bergevin. Uh, Lee, Gus, Lees, I see you're on the line. Don't hang up. We're going to get to you after John's Sports Center update. This is Center Ice on TSN 6. Now you call in and complain. I'm here to listen. It's like a therapy session. We can get through this together. 514-790-1690. You can text us at 11690. More Center Ice coming at you after John's update. Hi, this is Alex Galchenyuk. You're listening to Center Ice on TSN 690. Hey, Alex Galchenyuk, what position do you play? You don't know. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> this is Center Ice oh, on TSN 690. Yeah. I'm Robin Flynn with John Still in studio. It's time to get it off your chest. We're all here together. Oh, Usa, Usa. Where's uh, what's his name? Uh, Gallo Domus? Is that yeah? It? We need that Gallo? peaceful, peaceful God, music. We need some. We need some help here. But we're gonna go to the phones. Five one four seven nine zero one six ninety. If you want to weigh in, you can text. Text us at 11690. People be texting in as well. Plecky is too soft. Patch and Bolia for Tavares. Who knows is a center? Will we see <laughs> okay, him on the okay. club next year? Okay, okay, okay. Patch and... Yeah. Let's have some <laughs> trades based in reality, people. We can do better than that. This is Montreal. We're all educated hockey fans. Yes. Max Pacioretty and Nathan Bollier is not going to get you John Tavares. No. Just stop. That's, yeah. just if you stop. don't want them, odds are no one else does exactly. either. You can't just trade away the pieces you don't want anymore and I'd expect like to, to see, get good uh, return. Dwight King, Andreas Martinson, and Brian Flynn for Ryan Getzlaff. Yep. Done. Done, Done deal. deal. If that's on the table, I'm making that deal. There it is. 514-790-1690. Lees is in Montreal. How you doing today, Lees? Pretty good than you. I'm not too bad. What do you think went wrong? Uh, no power play. No power play. Have- no, we don't Fair have enough. any problems. Like, we, we, we never score in, uh, in those champs, and especially in the playoff when you have, like, every, like all the players going to be, like, tied up and you won't have any big chances. If you cannot score one goal in your 
do or die game on the power play, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Like, how many chances we get last night? Like, zero and three, zero and four. That's a fair point, uh, Lisa. Do you think that uh, Kirk Muller or the rest of the Canadians' assistant coaches, uh, their days are numbered? Yeah, like, like we don't have any space, and it's not like we didn't score. It's just like we didn't have fair shots on net. Always like, like we know that Weber is the go-to guy to uh, like a big slapper in the power play. We know that the other team is gonna cover him. Why? If there's two guys on him, why there's no one guy left? I think I'm good at math, right? If we have one more guy in the ice and there are two guys on Weber, at some point somebody's going to be open. But we cannot put the puck on him and on the net. It's always We don't even circle the puck in the, in the power play. Is, is there we don't have a uh, strategy to, to try to shot more or we don't have the guys to have the hands to create space in the corners to have those chances on the net? Like, I was watching the, the game, uh, uh, Toronto Washington, I think it's game two or game three. Washington got two power plays, bang, two goals. Two goals on three power plays. I know that is Ovechkin up there. But Ovechkin, do you think uh, Toronto don't know that the puck is going there? Do you think that Toronto don't know that uh, he's going to try to score? Like, why Ovechkin can create space? Like, why why the, they cannot, like, why they cannot, they cannot uh, create space for Weber, for the big slapper? Or, or like in front, like for Flaky on the on the slot. Like why is that happening? We never got power plays. Yeah, it's a good question, especially for a team that isn't able to score at five on five. You really need to capitalize on your power play opportunities. And that's something the Canadians always did really, really well. Their problem was scoring at even strength. Now their problem is just scoring in general. <laughs> and their power play is really predictable. Whether it was P.K. Subban or Shea Weber, it's going up to the point for the heavy shot. And yeah, it's going to beat the goalie eventually, occasionally. But that can't be your go-to move. You've got to get a little more creative. And I thought bringing in Kirk Muller would restore some of that power play efficiency. But doesn't appear to. What I thought was so frustrating is I've kind of been advocating for this the whole year. Why not put Michael McCarron in front of the net? I just don't understand. Big I don't body. Understand, I don't understand putting... I, I love Brendan Gallagher. Love Andrew Shaw. Yeah, but everybody can they see over Brendan Gallagher. They are sub six feet. Exactly. <laughs> there are no sub six, six feet goalies. So why do you think that that is going to screen the... Go- I, I just Because he's the only one it. with the cojones to actually go in front Michael of the McCarron net. Michael McCarron has got cojones. I've never inspected, but I believe you. <laughs> Okay. I cannot confirm wow. nor deny that statement. Fair enough. <laughs> 514-790-1690. Thanks so much for the call, Lee. We'll head out to Cote St. Luke where we find Lee this morning. How you doing today, Lee? You feeling okay? What do you think went wrong? What? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. The problem started last year when McBurgeron, he fired the analytics man. Oh, yeah. Not renewing that contract. They didn't even have like a full-time analytics guy on staff. He was just a, a contractor. He told Bergeron to trade Subban. And he traded him. Yep. What kind of general manager don't listen to his people? That's a very good question, Lee. Thanks so much for the call. And I think that that is one of the problems with this organization. Wherever you stand on that analytics debate, you can't argue the fact that all clubs are using analytics. All clubs have analytics guys on staff. And the Canadians, I don't think that that's something that they're paying as much attention to, maybe not as much as they should. I think bringing in Claude Julien helps that a lot because he is a possession guy. And his teams traditionally have really good possession numbers. Thanks so much for the call, Lee. We find Tony, where else but in St. Leonard, and we'll head out to uh, Tony right now. How's it going, Tony? How you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling fine. How are you guys doing? We're okay. We're breathing yeah. deeply, feeling good. What do you think went good. wrong? 
Well, no, I just have a simple comment to all my uh, Bruin fans out there that yeah. uh, we outlasted you guys in the playoffs. Woo! Never expected that. <laughs> yeah. I want that to go to, to uh, Tony Marinaro for on Monday. <laughs> okay, I, Tony, I will tell Tony that Tony says <laughs> that he's happy that the Bruins outlasted That's the Habs in the playoffs. broken telephone right there. The Oilers outlasted the Habs in the playoffs. P.K. Subban and the Nashville Predators outlasted the Habs in the playoffs. It's everybody outlasted the Habs in the playoffs except for the Calgary Flames. To me, the worst one is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's the worst that's one. the knife in the heart. Because there's no one playing D for that team. Now, I'm not saying that Jake Gardner and Morgan Riley are no ones, but I would take the Canadians' defensive core before the Maple Leafs, and it seems like their rookies know how to put the puck in the net, and none of the Canadians' forwards know how to do that. Nope, that is a fact, Jack. Uh, Abby's on the line as well. How you feeling today, Abby? Obviously, it could be better, but... Uh... Uh, I predicted this uh, about, about a year ago. Uh, uh, I believe Bergevin's vision is extremely short-sighted. Uh, saying things like, you know, Weber is a diamond in the rough is absolutely false. I don't think he knows what that means whatsoever. Um, uh, in the end, you know, we, it was obvious that we needed uh, a solution in the top six. Uh, he, he, his unwillingness to trade prospects to get better immediately uh, is extremely short-sighted once again because we, we we're obviously missing the pieces to have the, the offensive depth to succeed, but in the end, what's the worst is that um, you have to think about you have Carey Price, who's who's only have a few years left in his prime. You have Pacioretty, who's getting a bit up there. You have Weber, who's 31, not getting any younger. Radulov is not getting any younger. So Markov, maybe another year left. So you don't really have much time to really succeed now. I think it would have maybe not have been the best value, but I suppose trading a guy like Sergachev to win, to have a better chance to win now would have been the solution. And I think that's going to be Bergevin's downfall. And uh, I expect to not see him next season. Now, Avi, I just have a question just on that Sergachev point. Do you remember that there was also a left-handed defenseman that was traded for scoring help who just beat the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs? Uh, yeah. So... D- d- that's what I understand. Yeah, but the from... scoring help they got in return was Scott Gomez. But at the same time, uh, that was a poor trade. No and kidding. You're 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 basically going to go and you, you know that the Canadians have poor uh, play on defense. Nathan Bollier had to be taken out of the lineup. There is a hole on the left side of this defense. I think that it was a good thing that Mich- that uh, Mark Bergevin did not trade Mikhail Sergachev because even. If you would have traded Mikhail Sergachev, I still don't think this team was constructed to make it into the. Stanley Cup Finals. And what do you think the return would have been for Mikhail Sergachev? He would have been, uh, had to have been part of some sort yeah, of a package. The only, the only reason I would trade Mikhail Sergachev is if it's part of a package to bring in someone like Nathan McKinnon, uh, John Tavares, superstar. Some, yeah, you, superstar It, it has to be superstar, because if not, we already saw how this went again, again with this McDonough and Gomez thing. We all saw how that happened, and that was the dagger in the career of Bob Gainey as GM of the Canadians, and I think Mark Bergevin is too smart to allow that to happen, and he understands that this team lacks depth on defense as well. I always like to, though, add a caveat to that trade, because as bad as that trade was, Scott Gomez for Ryan McDonough, it allowed some other good trades to happen, some other good signings to happen. If they hadn't traded for Scott Gomez, Brian Gianta, Mike Camilleri never would have been brought in, and those were two really important pieces for the club at that time. Obviously, it didn't net them a Stanley Cup championship. That's my point. But, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I, that's just my point, is that I, I, as soon as, I mean, that, that was a long time ago, but oh yeah. as soon as they signed Brian Gianta and Mike Camilleri, the first thought in my mind wasn't, 
man, plan the plan the parade. It was because <laughs> you're not a Toronto what Maple Leafs fan. What the hell is going on here? Yeah, exactly. Five one four seven nine zero one six ninety. Thanks so much for the call, Avi. Mucho appreciated. We're taking your calls here. We're going to get through this together, fans of the Montreal Canadiens. Um. Um, we're going to head out to the West Island now where we find Daniel. How you doing today, Daniel? You taking hey. deep breaths? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Not too much. What do you think went wrong? I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I, I would I hate to say this right now, but I'm pretty envious of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just on the fact that, you know, they have all these young guys and perfect, you know, perfect age, perfect contract. They're going to be there for 12 years, 12, 15 years. And, you know, they're building a dynasty there. And it seems like the Canadians... You know, we have some young pieces, but at the same time, we're still an older team. And it seems like the, the trend in the NHL now is, you know, a couple of years ago, it was size, it was size and, and, you know, strength. Now we're going to more speed and skill, and it doesn't seem like we have that. And, you know, our top players are just, they're not skilled. You know, they, may, they might have size, they might have, you know, other intangibles, but unfortunately, there's just not enough skill. And I think that's what you need to, uh, to go far in the playoffs. You know, you look at Toronto, you look at... Uh, you know, Edmonton, they've got so much skill. You know, Crosby in Pittsburgh, you know, obviously Crosby number one pick, but, you know, it seems like that that's how you build a dynasty. You know, Montreal fans are going to have to come to terms with actually being, you know, a bad team for several years to be able to be that dynasty again. And you know, I think that's what it's going to take. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's an interesting point, but because the problem is, though, I don't think Habs fans have the patience for it. They definitely don't. They would rather make the playoffs and get bounced in the first round than to be not making the playoffs for a few years to get a few good draft picks. I don't think that the patience exists for it. Look, the sky is falling right now. Last season, Habs didn't make the playoffs. It was... I said it yesterday, the Canadians fan base, and I say this with all due respect and love, is bipolar slash schizophrenic on this team. Oh, yeah. Every day, every day if you win, the team is great, and they sing the praises in the postgame show. And when the team loses... It's the worst team ever. Fire everyone. They forget all about what they said like three days earlier. It just makes no sense. You You want this team to have consistency. Be consistent in your takes or your opinions of this team. Yeah, that's really, really fair, John. 514-790-1690. Robert Gilbert, I see you on the line. We're going to get to you after we take a short break. You're listening to Center Ice on TSN 690. Hi, this is Nathan Beaulieu, and you're listening to Center Ice on TSN 690. Oh, Nathan Beaulieu, that could be the last time you ever intro Center Ice on TSN 690. Although, when you get traded, it doesn't necessarily mean that you get cut. And you don't get to intro the show anymore. Yeah, tell that to P.K. Subban. Exactly. P.K. Subban is going to introduce this show for the rest of time. Uh, not if I have anything to say about <gasps> This is Center Ice Charles with Robin Flynn. And <laughs> <laughs> P.K. Subban still in the playoffs, carrying a broom into the second round. This yeah. is Center Ice on TSN 690 with Robin Flynn and John Still. Robert is on the phone out in Laval. How you doing this morning, Robert? I'm well, Robin. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. What do you think went wrong? Well, if I may, before I say what I think went wrong, let me tell you what didn't go wrong. Uh, two of your callers, Lee's regarding the power play. Yeah. Uh, Montreal had a terrible power play all year. They still finished first in their division. The Rangers only had one power play goal the whole series. Unfortunately, it was a bit of a weak one, and it came at a time when, you know, it took the momentum away. And so I don't think that's necessarily the reason. And right, this, the Boston as, Bruins won a Stanley Cup with a terrible power play. Exactly, exactly. Now, that's not going to happen all the time. Would one more goal have made a difference? Absolutely. But give Rangers credit. They took away the offensive asset, I believe, that Montreal has, which is their speed. And if they didn't come out 
skating and being able to control the puck, they, they were smothered, and they made adjustments. And you know what? We didn't get blown out of the series. You know, it's just unfortunate that in four losses, we got four goals. You're not going to win many games with only four goals. And if I may as well, in regards to Tony and St. Leonard, Boston yeah. outlasting Montreal, after tonight, they'll be out in six. So technically, they didn't <laughs> outlast them. They just started a day later. Okay, <laughs> It's the same thing with the Leafs. Yes, they're, they're still playing, but they only played five games. They'll be gone as well tonight. So, you know what? There's more to life than hockey. It would have been great if they advanced, uh, but life doesn't end there, right? Robert, you are my hero. Thank you. <laughs> God, that the, was so fantastic. The voice of reason yeah, on Center seriously. Ice. And you know what? There is more than life, more to life than hockey. Look at More than life to More hockey. than life to hockey. Actually, that is totally the opposite of what Robert yes. was saying. Yes. Uh, more to life than hockey. Look outside. My gosh, it's like 15 degrees. Yes, it's, it's sunny. beautiful. I'm going to go for a poke walk later in the old port. I'm going to catch some Pokemon because I'm a dork. Oh, okay. I was like, whoa. What's a poke walk? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to catch some Pokemon. I played for one day. One day, and then I was like, I, I can't live my life like this. <laughs> it took up eight hours of my day, and I was like, I, I have a life to live. I can't do this anymore. Fair enough. Anyways. Uh Gilbert is out in Brossard. Uh, do you play Pokemon Go, Gilbert? Gilbert? Hello? Yeah, do you play Pokemon Go? No, I never do. Ah, uh, Okay, <laughs> what do you want to... Good man, Gilbert. All right, let's talk about the Habs then. What do you think? Uh, let's talk about the Habs. Let's talk about the NHL in general. I just got to say, uh, I'm not sure if people have pointed this out, but I think this is important. Um, you know, who do, who do we blame? Where do we start with the blame? Um, I think it's not Bergevin's fault. I don't think it's Claude Julien or Michel Therrien's fault. I don't think it's Jeff Molson's fault. Um, and I'm probably going to be very unpopular saying this, but this is the fans' fault. And I'll explain. The, the product that we have been given for the past few decades has been horrific. But business has never been better. Now, if I sell a product which is horrible and people continue to buy it, is it my fault? No. Why do people continue to buy it and then complain? Isn't that the definition of insanity? Yes. So I don't understand why people are complaining. Did they actually expect the Montreal Canadiens to go anywhere this year or last year or the future? Give me a break. This will never happen. If they really want to make a stand, you've got to stop buying the product. Let the product change. Give it a chance. That's a pretty good point, Gilbert. Thanks so much for the call. Uh, and if I may suggest, uh, season tickets for Les Canadiennes are much cheaper than Hab season tickets <laughs> and uh, well worth your time and money. And you can meet some uh, Olympians after the game. <clears throat> Lots of fun. No bias there whatsoever. Sure. Uh, we'll head out to Michael, who's in DDO this morning. How you doing today, Michael? Oh, no, that's Nick. Nick and Villaray. Hey, Nick, what's up? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? Good, good. Sorry, uh, good morning to all of you guys. Good morning. Morning, morning. morning. So how are you uh, feeling after the Habs are eliminated? Points. Yeah, go. Uh, number one, Price didn't play as stupendous as he's supposed to be playing. Fair enough. First he was outplayed by Henrik Lundqvist, who had the best games of his entire season. Yeah. Uh, to your caller before that says people shouldn't show up. Uh, well, people show up because they support their team and they want to see something win. You don't, it just, be, just because you don't show up doesn't mean the GM is going to do a better job. You know, that's number two. Okay. Uh, the GM was brought here for five years. He's here five years. He still hasn't gotten a number one and number two center. We're still searching for something where a guy like 
in Savard's days, went out and won a Stanley Cup getting a Bobby Smith and won another Stanley Cup getting Muller and Danfus. So you either do the job or get another job. Maybe it's time for him to go. We'll take a number two center at this point, right? Yeah, for sure. Jeez. Uh, another thing I want to tell you guys, and maybe you guys could agree or disagree with me, Jean-Jacques Daigneault, our two best defensive defensemen are Ben and Weber that came from other teams. Has he pr- Everybody that's here has not learned how to play defense. Going from Subban, Beaulieu, Tenorti, Patteron, Barbiero, Emlin, Petri, anybody that's been coached by this guy has not learned how to play defense. Why is he still here? It's a very good question. Nick, that is a fantastic question. Um, the player development of this uh, this regime has to be severely questioned for the sole purpose that if everyone keeps saying that Trevor Timmins or anyone else who brings in these or the people who are in the pro scouting department, uh, if they think that these players are quality, uh, why are they not doing anything in terms of the coaching ranks? I would also agree that um, I think all the assistant coaches will be gone next year. I think Claude Julien will bring in his own guys. Including Kirk Muller? Yes. Okay. All right. I would keep maybe Kirk Muller. Because the whole reason you brought in Kirk Muller was to be a communicator. Yeah. And you don't need that. No. You have Claude Julien. Yeah, that's a very good point. You brought in Kirk Muller to try and soften Michel Terrier, I suppose, and he's no longer here. 514-790-1690. Michael out in DDO. We're finally going to get to you, my friend. How you doing today, Michael? Not too bad yourself? Not bad. What do you think about the Habs? Uh, first off, based on what your old uh, your previous callers have said, the one you said about ditching the fans or whatnot, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Look at the Maple Leafs. They have the highest ticket sales every year, and in the past three years they decided they wanted to dedicate themselves to a culture of winning and decide to rebuild for a couple years and look where they are now. Yep. And second off, based on the, everyone's complaining about, like, we don't have the pieces, the team's not good enough. I don't think that's true. I just think the leadership in the room wasn't there this year. You have players, a lot of skilled players, and in the, the three games that they lost in a row in the playoffs, it looked like they had no one leading them. They had no jump. They had no anything. At a certain point, it takes a leader to get you off your, uh, get you off your, uh, to get up, like get the players, get some energy, whatnot. They had the skills. If you look in the year, they outplayed the Rangers every single game this season. I don't think they lost them once. Yeah, but Michael, Michael, I just like to say at the start of last year, that wasn't that the whole reason why PK Subban was gone? Is they needed leadership, and Shea Weber and Max Pacioretty were supposed to be the leadership core of this team. And if your if your point is valid, then doesn't that fall somewhat on Mark Bergevin? Oh, hundred percent. I think it falls hundred percent on Bergevin. I think that he's been he hasn't been awful. He has brought in players with skill and brought in some players and got some pickups that have been unbelievable. If you look at Byron, that's one of the best pickups I've seen in years. Guys, yep. twenty goals. A waiver claim. A waiver claim. Not bad. Yeah. But, right. uh, I don't think I don't think Pacioretty's you can see him on the edge. He's definitely not a leader. When a guy's struggling like that, I don't think the fight yesterday was smart at all. Yeah, you know what it's good to get the guys going, but to get someone who has the potential to score goals in the box for a team that's not scoring is absolutely ridiculous. And their power play is absolutely awful. But I don't think again the power play falls on the coach, it falls on the players. You have to on a power play. You have to be constantly moving the puck. If you watch the Rangers, they didn't hold the puck for all. They moved it around. Even if they didn't have a great power play, they still had opportunities. If you look at Montreal last game; they didn't do anything. They couldn't set up. They couldn't hold the puck. It was absolutely embarrassing. They had no one to power uh, to piggyback the power play. Thanks, Thanks so much Michael. for the call, Michael. And you're you're I like very that. right. That was a great that was a great call. Yeah, absolutely yeah. great call. Thank you so much for calling in, everybody. Do you feel a little bit better? Do we have time for one more, John? We just, got just because he's calling in from Calgary. Oh my gosh, that's, that's long distance. That's long distance. We yeah. got to give him some some airtime here. Okay, Mike out in Calgary calling long distance five one four seven nine zero one six ninety. What's on your mind, Mike? Uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, I wanted to say 
pretty much what everybody was saying. You know, the, I, I just don't feel this team was. I mean, the expectations for me were was not that this was a Stanley Cup caliber team. And I'm just thinking, you know, um, if we there's a there's a rebuild that has to happen here, and I don't think Carey Price is is involved in that rebuild. I think the Carey Price era is over with this team, and I think if this year is up next year, they have to consider seriously um, what they could get trading him. I think they need, everybody's saying they need scoring. Well, you're only going to get scoring if you can get them on the market or be a trade. And I think Carey Price is a valuable asset that you have, that if you're going to rebuild the team, you can get some key pieces. And um, if you look at teams like the St. Louis Blues, who, are, who have Jake Allen or, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, I know they're loaded up front, but they're using, you can't say Marc-Andre Fleury is better than Carey Price and they're no. in the second round. So there's teams with so-so goaltending, not as good as Carey Price, who have made the second round because they have better players up front. And I think um, Montreal has to consider seriously about um, maybe, you know, looking past the Carey Price era. Thanks so much for the call, Mike. And I think that's something that Montreal has struggled with for the better part of the last two decades, that they've always really focused on goaltending. And that has been the focus. And that has been what has carried them through the last few exciting playoff runs. They won in their last two cups. Yep. Without Patrick Waugh, we would be looking at 35 years. And those conference final runs, Halak and Price. And you had your, when you're goaltender is winning the Hart and the Vesna in the same season, and you've had that happen twice in the last two decades, there's a problem. And I don't know who that falls on, because there's been changes in management. There's been changes in the team. There's been changes in the leadership. Maybe it is the fans' fault. Maybe it's our fault for not expecting a, a better product. Hi, this is P.K. Subban. You're listening to Center Ice on TSN 690.